as I want to just give a challenge uh, in these Sunday afternoon pre-meeting challenges. I don't know if you've noticed uh, over the course of time, but I, I always try to give us a challenge uh, just as far as church behavior or church the way that we should be as church folks and, and that type of thing. Uh, one of my goals as a pastor is to have a church with a common purpose uh, within its membership and within its uh, everything that we do that we would be working towards a common goal. Now, purpose comes in two forms. Uh, purpose comes in a, the current purpose or our mission, what we're uh, this is uh, why we're in existence. This is our reason for being, our current mission, our current purpose. Why do we do what we do? Why do we have services three times a week? Why do we have a visitation ministry? Why do we have a camp ministry? Why do we have a, uh, go to conferences and do such things? Uh, not only why we do what we do, but how do I contribute to that cause? How am I a part of that? That is our current purpose or our mission. In any organization, it is a mistake to think that everyone within it is working for the exact same thing. That's not always the case because people are people and people are imperfect and we're sinful and so there's going to be different uh, problems within that work or that organization. And then, not only our current purpose, which is our mission, but our future purpose. I was just talking about church troublemakers. There's one right now. He had to take her out and take care of her. So... Uh, I, years ago, um, I, I had to take one of my daughters out. I think it was one, she might have just been playing the piano a few minutes ago, I'm not sure, but uh, I just was real little, and I had to, I carried, she was being naughty, so I picked her up and started carrying her to the back of the church, church service going on in the middle. No, don't spank me, don't spank me, I promise I'll be good, don't spank me. No. It sounded like I was going to murder her, you know. So I uh, appreciate parents who, who do that, though, take, take care of that. Uh, our current purpose or our mission, and then our future purpose, this is our vision. Not only do we have a mission, but we have a vision. This uh, vision is our dream, and a vision signifies our future purpose, what we're looking toward. Um, this is, uh, the, to, to have a vision is the assumption that we're not going to stay as we are. Uh, we're not just sitting here to maintain doing exactly what we're doing today. We ought to have a vision that we're going to go further. And so if we have... Uh, vision will continue to do more for God, I believe. Uh, when it comes to a church, uh, what supports both a current purpose, that's our mission, and a future purpose, that's our vision, what supports both of those uh, is our values, what we believe, what is guiding us, our guiding principles. Values are the ideals or the principles which guide all of our actions. They define our character. If we have common values then we will have a common mission and a common vision. Uh, that's the purpose of preaching the Bible, preaching the Word of God, uh, teaching those things, teaching discipleship, and, and everybody that's in a servant leadership position going through discipleship. All of the reason that we do that is so that we can have a common uh, vision and a common mission. Today I want to look at the value of the Father's heart. If you look at me, uh, look at Luke 15, I'm sorry, with me, Verse number 20. We know the story of the prodigal son. We know he's ran away from home. He's asked his father for his share in the, of the goods. Uh, he is in the far country. And uh, he spent his, uh, 
He's spent his life in riotous living. He's now out of money. He's now out of friends. He doesn't have anything else anymore left over. He finds himself, and this is a Jew, finds himself in a hog pen wanting to eat the slop that the hogs are being fed. That's the setting. He, find, he finally decides, I'm going to go home. Uh, I'm going to go and just talk to my father and maybe be one of his servants. Look at verse number 20. And he arose and came to his father. When he was at a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in thy sight am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead alive again. He was lost and is found, and they begin to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. Look at this line here. And he was angry. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering him said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Notice the number of eyes in this verse. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son, not my brother, thy son, I was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots. Thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead, and is alive again, was lost, and is found. I want to preach to you just for a few moments here that a challenge in the house without the heart. In the house without the heart. Father, I pray... He would help us this afternoon get something from this passage, be a challenge to us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. In this story, we see what we see in so many of our churches. It's the sad fact in have the Father's heart. We can be in the middle of even being busy serving, being involved, being in some position, working in the church, and yet all the time not have the Father's heart, in the house, without the heart. People uh, who attend church, serve and work in it, have every possibility of missing the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father is not uh, in the house itself, but who is in the house. And so we want to grasp that today. We find <coughs> the prodigal in the pig pen. He is at his very worst. He has hit absolute bottom. Yet it is interesting that he knew enough about his father's heart to know that his father would take him in. Now, he knew he didn't deserve to be a son anymore. Maybe he'd have to be a servant, but whatever case he would choose, he's, he knew in his heart, if I go home, my father will let me back in. He had an idea of his father's heart. When he came back, we know the story. We just kind of reviewed it here. The father is like all Fathers of all prodigals, they eagerly wait the return 
of the prodigal. They, uh, they, they pray and they wait and uh, they are eager for that return. And so he saw him coming afar off. And, and we, he ran to him. Only picture in the Bible we ever have of God running because he represented the father. And so the father ran to him. He was so excited. He spared no expense to show him that he was not a servant. He was a son. He was an undeserving son, we all agree. But he was a son nonetheless. By the way, this is not a story about salvation. He was a son when he left uh, with a knapsack into the world of sin. He was a son when he came back. But he was a son out of fellowship. Now, here he's returned. But here's the problem. The father had another son. He was working faithfully. He was still in the field. He had not run off. He was proud of the fact that he was not like his lousy brother who went and, and wasted his life and is, is, uh, spent everything his father had ever worked for, half of what his father had ever worked for out in the far country. He's proud. He's not like him. Uh, he has a, a brother that breaks his father's heart, but not him. He's, he's faithful. He's sticking around. He's still working. He's being there for him. He was not, uh, he, although, and it was, by the way, this is a good thing. I'm not diminishing that at all. But we find in the passage here that although he was in the father's house, he did not have the father's spirit. Like this man, we can be in the same position. I want to give you a couple of signs of this happening. How do you know if you're in the Father's house, but you do not have the Father's Spirit? Number one, you'll be more interested in getting than giving. Look what he says. He says, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress thee. He says, Thou never gavest me a kid. Where's my fatted calf? What about me? I've been here. I'm working. I'm the good son. What do I get <coughs> in ministry, uh, in the church, for a child of God? Let me tell you, this is so important for us to realize that the moment our focus turns from outward to inward, we're going to get ourselves in trouble. We're going to get our attitudes going to start being messed up. We are not going to have the Father's heart when we're focusing on ourselves. It happens over and over. Uh, we have people who serve. They're involved. Uh, they're, they, are, they are all in. They do whatever they can to help the work of God go forward. Then all of a sudden, uh, they pull back. So they start to uh, pull back out of ministries, no longer do anything, no longer get involved in anything, and their focus begins to shift. It begins to shift from out. Not always, but sometimes at least there's a danger for this to happen, that the focus turns from outward to inward. That's uh, when it all goes south. That's why the Bible says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. When you, your focus, when your focus shifts from others and it, puts, uh, it starts to be firmly on yourself, you will get upset at the most minor things. You will get offended easily. You'll begin to compare labor. I do more than such and such. They do less than me. I've given more here, Are they, and yet they get more than me. We start to compare these type of things. You'll assume authority that's not yours. This is where uh, people will start to, uh, to, start to in, instead of respecting and following their authority, their uh, spiritual authority, they will start to try to assume it. You'll criticize. Why? 
Because the person that does not have the Father's heart is more interested in getting than he is in giving. James 3.16, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Can I tell you today that church is not a transactional agreement? I don't believe it is anyway. It's not to be approached with a consumer attitude. Now today, that is the case in most of our modern churches today. People approach that type of church with a consumerist attitude. You know when you walk in, uh, i got nothing against coffee shops. I definitely don't have anything against coffee, praise God, uh, which is heaven's nectar, amen? And, uh, but you see uh, the commercialization of churches, and it becomes a consumerist-type attitude. And a church is not where you walk in the door and you sit down and fold your arms, okay, now... What can you do for me? That's not what church is all about. That's not what church should be. Now, do we get served and fed and encouraged and edified in the church? I hope so. It should, certainly should happen, but that's not the purpose for us to go there. Uh, this is, this is uh, the attitude of so many, though. It, it is evidenced in the phrase that many people have used in leaving churches. I'm just not getting fed. You ever heard that, Pastor? <laughs> Just not getting fed. You know who has to be fed? Babies. That's who has to be fed. Think about it. We, we should not have to be fed in our, in our Christian life. Now, the preaching ought to be from the Word of God. Amen. It should, be, uh, it should be faithful there. But after you get saved, you get into the church, you get under the preaching, you ought to be able to feed yourself. Amen. Paul talks about you shouldn't be on milk anymore, you should be on meat, and yet many Christians stay there. And so, why? Because it's a consumerist attitude. Why? Because we're more concerned about getting than we are about giving. I thank God for the folks here at our church that just give and give and give some more. Just saw it just 10 minutes ago. I mean, Nobody's in there barking orders about having to pick up tables and, and ladies in the kitchen cleaning stuff up. Nobody's forcing anybody, just people getting involved and, and getting their, their hands into the work. Praise God for that. We ought to be, the Father's heart is about giving, not about getting. Are you a consumer? Are you a contributor? I hope you're a contributor. Look what happens when you are in the house without the heart. Look at the older son, the first Four words of verse number 28. Shocking. And he was angry. Angry. Your brother's home. He's angry. Hey, it's a big celebration tonight. It's a party. He's returned. We're all going to celebrate and eat and fellowship together. And he was angry. He's angry at what? He's angry at restoration. Listen, when you cannot get excited about something good that happens to a brother or sister in Christ, then you are in the house, but you do not have the heart of the Father. We ought to be able to get excited about what God does. Somebody gets saved. And I, I, I say this, and I haven't heard it lately, thank God. I don't usually beat up on people who are guilty of what I'm talking about, so uh, it's more of a warning. But I've heard every one of these phrases. Somebody gets saved. Well, we'll have to wait and see if it's real. Somebody gets right with God. Well, we'll see how long that will last. That's not the heart of the Father. Is there a possibility for failure? Absolutely, but I'm not focusing on that. If somebody joined the church, well, if people knew what I knew about that person. You see what I'm saying? Uh, if we get upset at the spiritual blessing of others, then we're making it plain that we're valuing self over God's work, and that is not the Father's heart. 
If we're more interested in getting than we are in giving, we're in the house, but we don't have the heart. Hey, let's get hold of his heart. Amen? What's the Bible say? Mark 10, 45, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for many. In this story, the Father was more interested in giving than he was in getting. Hey, the Father's heart is all about giving. That's all it is. The Father's heart is to give. For God so loved the world that he, he gave. That's his heart. He's about giving. He gave a ring. He gave shoes. He gave a robe. And he did all of that before the son gave anything back to him except himself. All he did was come. And the father gave him all those things because he's about giving. You know what, the, uh, what shows the father's heart in our church? If we value sinners that walk through that door more than we value our own wishes, our own desires, and our own agendas. If we desire to see God do a work in others. Hey, those bus kids are dirty. <laughs> yeah, they dirty our walls. They just broke off something in our bathroom recently. We had to get uh, fixed, cost us a bit of money. Uh, those visitors don't look like me. Yeah, that's what happens. When sinners come, you know what? You don't look like us either. Amen? Uh, I don't look like you. None of us look like each other. We ought to value people. Last night, I spent about 20 minutes, not last, uh, Friday night, spent about 20 minutes in the, in, through the building and outside. What I was doing is picking up wrappers. We gave them little heathens truckloads of candy, and they couldn't even pick up the wrappers. <laughs> so what do we do? Pick up the wrappers. Do we have the Father's heart? Are we more interested about getting than giving? We just do the work. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. Can I tell you today, today that if Bible Baptist Church would grab a hold of the Father's heart, we would enthusiastically welcome throwing our arms around sinners that come uh, our way even ones that are wearing rags and smell like hogs and have done horrible things against you and stolen from you and at one point effectively said they wish you were dead. He welcomed him. That's the Father's heart. Hey, do we have the Father's heart today? Because the Father's heart is never to get, get, get. It is always to give, give, give. Do we have the Father's heart? The Father's heart values souls over things. One of the problems in our church today, it really is a problem, is that many people value the house over the heart. That's why the house is here. That's why we have this building, to reach people, to have kids come and dirty the floors and put stains on the carpet and all those things which are a part of the work. Why? Because we value the heart, not the house. Amen? I want to see God do a work. Second way we show that we are in the house and don't have the heart of the Father, the, it's our place deserves more consideration than grace. What he says here, essentially, is I've been here. I haven't went anywhere. I have put in the time. I'm your son. I deserve the ring. I deserve the fatted calf. That's what he's saying here. By the way, Again, I'm not diminishing what this son... Praise God for those that stay and put in the time. Amen? Grateful for those that... And I don't ever want to take that lightly. There are people who have been here 
four or five times as long as I've been here, and praise God for that. Nowhere does that diminish here in this passage. In fact, the Father commends him in a moment for the fact that he has stayed here. The problem is not that he stayed. The problem is the attitude that he had. He was angry. He was resentful. Why? Because the Father showed grace. He showed grace. My place is more important than grace. Let's never get to the point where our position, our uh, place in the church overshadows the mission of the church. Hey, we are nothing without the Father anyway, right? We are nothing without His grace. All of us deserve His grace. we in the house without the heart. We're all products of His grace. We're all from a different far country, if we're honest about it. Every one of us is from a far country. I'm from the far country of Missouri. Where are you from? <laughs> But in that state, uh, you can't get much more in the far country than the clutches of religion we were stuck in. I needed God's grace. My family needed God's grace. We got God's grace. So let's show God's grace and not get caught up in what, uh, how it might hurt my position or my place. To be a, uh, in the house, that is. To be a part of the house, is to, is we ought to have the heart of the house, heart of the Father. Don't be a hindrance to the Father's heart today. The church is not a buffet for anyone's personal advancement. The church is for reaching sinners. Amen? The church is for growing Christians and helping people get to the next level of their spiritual life. Let us not then ever be guilty of fighting for our rights. Let's have grace. That's what the young man, he was threatened. And we can imagine the dynamic of this home. He, he had this attitude of, and I, I, I have to think they regularly had conversations about the prodigal, him and his dad. Thinking about where he might be, what he might do. And, and because of the attitude he has here, I don't think it's a far reach for us to think that, or, or to suspect that he would have over and over mentioned to his father, hey, at least I didn't go anywhere. I'm here. He had a place. He had a position. He was the only son. He had the room to himself, so to speak. Now brother's home. The rascal, the tyrant, the one that stole all that money, the one that broke his father's heart. His father's happy about it. He has grace toward him. It angered him. And too many times we can be like that even in our churches because uh, we, we, we feel threatened maybe by people coming in or whatever the case might be, we ought to have the Father's heart and be thrilled when we see the work of God in other people. The church is for reaching sinners. Let's not, uh, let us not stand in the way or stand in the gap of that. Let us love in the same manner that God loved us. Amen? Let's have the same grace for others he's had for us. What is the Father's heart? heart? Here's the picture you got to put in your mind. The Father's heart is found in uh, verse 20. But when he was yet a, far, a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran, fell on his neck and kissed him. Uh, this is a picture of the Father's heart. A dignified, well-dressed patriarch of a man. The Middle East, by the way, this time... Men did not run. He ran. That's the picture of the father's heart. Throwing his arms around a smelly, dirty, disgusting, 
traitor to his own family and to his own person. That's the Father's heart. Do we have the Father's heart? Do you have the Father's heart? I hope so. Father.